Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into episode 391 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Told Roisy to listen to the to the first seven minutes of the show yesterday where we talked about him. And I told that story about the uh, being late for the game. Yep. So we'll see if he remembers that. And also, also, okay. someone brought up yesterday. All right. The TD Garden ramp that the bus used to back up. Do you remember that? Uh, TD Garden. Which one's that? Boston. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. That was always one of the most interesting uh, buildings to get into because <laughs> there was insane, and I mean off the chart insane traffic. Do you remember that? And then you have to pull a bus up. You have to stop Boston traffic, so the bus can pull forward. And then back up a ramp. And I am not kidding you when I say <laughs> this. There is one inch. And people don't, people are like, people right now are going to listen to this and go, Rivs, come on, man. There wasn't one inch on each side. I'm going to ask Derek Roy how many inches on that there's, you have to go up a ramp and get between the, the doors to get into the building and you and this guy backs it up 
and I'm not kidding you. What is there? An inch or two on each side of the bus. I, 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 an inch might be extreme, but I can tell you what it was. It felt like an inch. It might have been even if it was. Think about this. If it's a bus and it's a foot on each side, we're not talking. We're talking. There's no way it was a foot on each side. A foot is so? massive. <laughs> a foot Petey, is not massive. Petey, I'm not kidding you. When you're when, talk- when, when you're sitting in your seat, ramp. when you're sitting sp- in your the speed this guy went back though. We had the one guy. He used to fly. <laughs> Back on the, well, we've hit it before. I've hit, I've hit the walls before, and that's <laughs> when everybody starts clapping. We're like, ah, because you knew he's gonna do it. He 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 guns it down this ramp that you have an inch on each side. It and then you ramp. have to slow down to get in through the doors, and the doors are like, I'm not kidding you. It's touching the bus. That's how it's it's mind blowing how. Uh, small that area was getting into the uh, TD Garden. I remember that. That was it. Was a highlight of actually, you, you know, getting it into the arena. Weird, it really was a weird experience because you're flying backwards up this ramp, so you're looking down, and side to side, it's wide open, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the 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 walls come from behind, and all of a sudden, you're inside the the rink. The, I always took the bus in Boston because of the bus ramp. Yeah. What was the best? What was the best arena to go into? In what way? Like in the bus, or just so? Like so there's what? so there's arenas that we had to go down into the tunnel underground the the arena, right? Yeah, and you would park in the arena in the underground. But then there's there's places that you got kind of dropped off outside. And I always remember one place that it just, to me, and this is back when they weren't very good. This is back when the team sucked. I always remembered wanting to, at some point in my career, play for the, maybe not necessarily the team, but the area. It was always something that came into my mind almost every, well, every single solitary time I played there. Give me There's one hint. team. Well, I, I want to guess. I, I, I'm not even going to give you a hint. I, I I almost gave you enough information that the oh, team was what? not good back then. But you would have wanted to play for them? I would have wanted to play for this team, not just because of the team necessarily back then, but more where where they were. We used to okay. get off the bus. We used to get off the bus. And you didn't even go into the arena first. Almost the entire team would turn left around the corner and go and look at the cars. Oh, Tampa Bay? Yeah! Yes! Oh, my God. That's 32 teams, and you just, like, nailed it. But am I right? There was something about going to the Tampa Bay. Well, when you look at arena. the cars, like when, like any other, any snowy place, it was all SUVs. It was a like your your Range Rover or your Escalade. Yeah. Well, there right. wasn't a lot of places. There wasn't a lot of places, except for Buffalo, that your cars were outside, unless you were playing in San Jose was outside. But I mean, it was it's beautiful all the time, but. Montreal, when I played for Montreal, we parked underground. There's a lot of places that you parked underground. 
you remember remember how many games we would come out after a sabers game it would be a freaking winter wonderland and you had to go out there start your car and then wipe all the shit off your car all the snow and it took you your suit is like covered in snow you don't remember that because you probably you were such a big wig back then for uh for Buffalo i used to that, start my car did he seriously yeah, yeah. you could yeah that was an option yeah, i mean you're you're it, it was, was a respect thing you were did bringing you ever, andrew peters no did you ever say hi to the guy probably what guy exactly exactly what guy what are you t- talking about all it took was for you to go over and say hey how you doing thanks you know good to see you how's everything you know every you know every couple of days you know you see him you wave hey how are you yeah how's so you telling me right now there there was a guy that started the cars no okay. started well, my car oh you're whatever okay fresh off a night at soho right to practice hey Roy happy friggin new year to Derek roy who uh thinks it's <laughs> okay just to roll right out of bed with his hair going one way and Look at you. You don't, want to clean, you don't want to clean yourself up for the show? <laughs> no. You nuts. <laughs> to look at you two? Listen. Did you listen to that story yesterday? The the podcast? Yeah. The first seven minutes. Oh yeah, I listened to it. And were there any flaws in my uh in my story? No, you're pretty much bang on. Can you the can only- you uh tell me what story we're talking about? <laughs> The I know only, I was on the show yesterday, but I. What do you the thought? only thing that uh, I will say in my defense was internet wasn't very accessible back in the day, and they gave me a schedule and it was on a magnet, and I was staying at the Marriott, and that's the only schedule I had, so I went off the magnet schedule, and they changed the game, uh, maybe a, like a week before or something like that. They changed the game, the time of the game, and I showed up. And I showed up, actually, I always showed up two and a half hours before the game. Everyone's supposed to show up two hours before the game, and I always made sure I was there early. So I I showed up two and a half hours before that game, which I thought was an 8 o'clock game, but it was a 7 o'clock game. So uh, I got there, and everybody, they were in a meeting, actually, and the trainers were like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, Oh man, I don't. What's going on? I, like I thought I was getting pranked or something. I was like, "What's happening?" They're like, "The game's at seven. so I had to uh, go in the back, get changed real quick. And I didn't like you. Like I was listening to your story. I didn't want to jump into the meeting, like run in there, like a you know, and disrupt everything. So I kind of just sat in the back and, and waited for the meeting to go over. And I just and then I just went to Lindy's office and just got chewed up. So what did happened? Chew, when went- did he chew you out? Well, first of all, he wanted to know what happened. And I didn't even talk to Lindy. I explained. Well, I was, you know, I was my first year, rookie year. I had to explain myself, be like, hey, listen, I'm always here two and a half hours. Well, it was my last year, Roisy. So uh, we're (laughs) at the two two opposite ends of the scale there. So what happened? Did you go and you get to explain yourself? I explained myself and he's like, you're not playing tonight. And I was like, okay, I I guess I get it, but it's not my fault, but I, I get it. It is you gotta set the no, set just, the tone. Don't just say it's not your yeah. fault. It is I your guess. fault. No, you gotta give me a schedule with the friggin'. While this control. is cool, and I'm being told I'm playing. So while you're in the office, I'm now starting to play. Do you remember who we played that night by chance? I just remember maybe Jersey or something. 
or was it? I don't remember. I remember being like, he's, he said, you're not playing tonight. So I was like, okay. But he's like, you're going into warm up. So I was like, I'm just going to prepare like I'm playing and take warm up and do my workout after and, you know, just hopefully play the next game and hopefully he's not going to be mad. And then all of a sudden after warm up, I hear that I'm in. So <laughs> it was you that, that didn't play. Yep. Sorry, man. Yeah, but listen, you, you know what, though? Here's the thing. What was I going to say? I was a rookie, too. So I'm just, yeah, like, happy man. to be there. So, like, all the guys are, like, in my head. I'm like, fuck. You know? That's, like I, So what I you're, wanted, I'm, picture, I'm trying to picture I, you. It's Chunky Face Petey. What? Rookie rookie Petey. That's Chunky Face Petey. It's like you was, ate, like, a friggin' full extra large pizza. That was Andro Andy. <laughs> that, that's Andrew a, Peters. That's Andrew Peters. That was 247 <laughs> pounds. Uh, believe it or not, though, Riv, I was only uh I was under eleven percent body fat. Believe it or not. That was a six you're on the crank. Like, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? Fuck. Is that <laughs> am I supposed it? to be in, am I supposed to be impressed because you're under eleven percent? Everybody was under eleven percent. I don't they know. Still do, you, they still do body body fat you, checks, you think? What's that? No. They, they I think don't. the I think they gotta feed these guys burgers. These kids, they look like they're so skinny. These guys, because I remember we would show up like it was what once a month we had to do the uh, caliper testing where uh, they like pinch uh, five or six different parts of your body. Oh, only see. team in the NHL that was doing it. Just it. No, there had to literally be more one of the, teams doing. No, it. there was no no no. You think people in the NHL gave a shit about your body fat? Thomas Mannix scoring 43 goals and they're giving him shit, telling him he has to friggin' lose weight. Yeah, pure, Paul Gostad, who's 6'4, 230 pound, fourth line center, great energy guy, great penalty killer, um, did his job really, really well. Do you not think? Was this great face off guy? Yeah. Watched, yeah. watched every face off he did. And then all of a sudden, our brilliant. Friggin' uh, staff is telling uh, Goss that he's got to lose weight. Do you remember him coming back the next year? Do you remember that? Yeah. I thought he was ill. <laughs> I thought he was sick. Like, I mean, had a disease that he spent the entire summer in, in the hospital. I looked at him. I'm like, oh, my God. Are you okay? Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. I trained really hard. Came back at like 208. You remember that? It's like literally like skin. Cock and balls, bones, like it was <laughs> like there was nothing to him. I was like, oh my God, gosh. It's hard to go from that extreme to the next. Remember Jeff Jilson? Oh, I was just going to bring him up, Rosie. He went from like one extreme to the next and he had no energy. I remember him like being struggling to like finish practice sometimes. He was like, he was like I was. He was a little thicker, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that in pro athlete terms that he was fat, but he, they told him to lose like fat fat weight on his body because they did the body fat test all the time and he ends up in rochester during the lockout year the next year and i saw him and he looked like he, he looked like he looked like a bodybuilder but i mean but not like huge just completely completely chiseled completely like on the cover chiseled. of a magazine or something yes. like yes yeah. yes it was like, and I, and I, I don't know if that was a massive detriment to his game, but some guys' body types are just, they're just built differently. I remember looking through the window one day, and there was the Craig, excuse I used, right, giving himself a body fat test. Who, Who me? 
<laughs> he wasn't playing one game. He was oh hurt. Roisey, Roisey. I was out, and I'm walking through the tra- I'm walking through the training room, and there's Riv. Remember how there was a glass window between the the medical room and the uh, the the Dougie's room? And yeah, yeah. In, and I and there's Craig like pinching his pinching his stomach with the caliper <laughs> during a game. We're watching the game on the TV, and our Fucking hockey underwear and grips. Listen, our whole team, our whole team was scared to bejesus when you saw those calipers. Were you one of the young bucks on our team that Doug McKinney, uh, our trainer, would tell the players that you're going to be? So it's 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 like a a Monday. And he's telling the guys in the room, hey, we're, we have body fat tests next week no, on Tuesday. Word. All of a sudden, you had Thomas Vanek, who's like literally scoring at will on our team. And and players like Tim Connolly and this and that are like not eating for a week. Like they're eating <laughs> nothing, salad. Yeah. yeah, there was also a thing where if you're playing well, your pinches are a little bit less. <laughs> but if you're not playing well... The calipers go deep into the body fat. And I think I was the only guy on the entire team that did not care at all what my body fat was. Like, it was such a joke. Multi-year, multi-million dollar deal. Well, I was 35 years old. It made all the money in the world. I didn't give a shit about what Doug McKinney had to say. I'm going to tell you this. Looking back, it hurt our hockey team. Because there was guys that, that trained, I don't believe, the right way. Craig was, we were talking about arenas at the start before he came on. TD Garden. Do you remember backing into the TD Garden ramp? Oh, boss. Remember that guy that just like would go 100 miles an hour up the ramp? Craig has a question for you about the ramp width. Do you remember when you're going up the ramp? Yeah. And you enter through those two, through the two, the door. Okay. Mm -hmm. How much space between the bus? And and the door. Think about this. Don't exaggerate. I want you to think about it. Like, I'm not even joking. Think about it. Be specific because Craig gave an answer and I gave an answer and they were a little bit different. Yeah, I would say about three inches on each side. Oh, my wow. God. I said two and Petey said a foot. You said an inch. Then I moved it to two after you made me a foot. A foot. Petey, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I remember going through and he would pull half the way the bus. And I remember looking at the stension. It's like right beside me. And I'm not kidding you. You literally, if there was no window there, you could just reach out and just with one little finger, poke it. It was, it had to be an inch, two, three inches that, uh, yeah. between the bus and, and, and the doors going in. So he were, flew up there. Yeah, he he flew a hundred miles an hour. That's what made this thing. So ridiculous. Talk about perfecting your craft. That guy was He is not perfect, Roisey. We, oh, he's he, not he perfect. Nailed, he, he nailed oh, yeah. a couple. Oh, yeah. A couple times. A couple times we've been on a bus where he does the exact same thing. He's roaring up there 100 miles an hour. All the boys in the team have a smile on their face. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you hear this little on the side. And that's when he's got to pull the bus forward and the shame goes in and the boys just start going. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, of course. Game? Of course. <laughs> yeah, the guy hit the friggin' wall. Rosie, do you remember? I know you weren't on the team, Rev, but do you remember we pulled into Toronto? Remember that Weston Harbor Castle? 
we pulled in and the guy actually tried to pull the bus up the, the valet ramp. He tried to pull it all the way up and he ends up going and he gets wedged. He wedged the bus <laughs> right, right under the, like with, under the seat, the roof of the, yes. the overhang and the top of the bus. And it was wedged there. We had to get out with the bus wedged in the valet ramp. Imagine you're a bus driver and you got 30 uh, people just yelling shit at you because you took a wrong turn or something <laughs> like just, oh man. Were you just... on the Rochester team? I wasn't there that where the bus was going sideways down. Yeah. There. Yeah. Your, bro- your brother was on the team. <laughs> Jeff was on the team. And so we're coming back for, we went to Syracuse and we probably played Syracuse like 20 times that year. And so we're on our way back from Syracuse. And there was snow on the road and Bussy is absolutely flying down the road. And we're just, we're passing cars. Like they're standing still and we're in a snowstorm. So guys are like worried, like what's happening? Like slow, like guys are like yelling, slow down. So we get to one point on the highway and we just start like jackknifing sideways. And then, and then Andrew Peters, brother of Jeff is in the back and he's holding on to both. Imagine him holding on to both seats in the middle of the aisle and he's like, bring it around, Bussy, bring it around. And the thing goes like sideways. We probably go one way, two way, and then the other way. Like he recorrects it like three times and then finally gets it straight. And he looks back and he gives a, the boys a fist pump from the from. And everyone just starts going bananas. Guys are like all everything is all all over the place. Like we literally almost died. And then he keeps flying down the road. And then I think somebody walked to the front and was like, hey man, like slow it down. Like we almost died. A big, big change coming to Buffalo. Big announcement, Craig. Involving the number eight, actually. Okay. Tell me a hockey player that wears number eight. Uh Alex Ovechkin. I'll Eric throw one Lindros. Cam Neely. An obvious one from Buffalo, oh, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, hometown boy. Selena Law has just released a new phone number, and all you need to think about are the eights. An Alex Ovechkin, a Cam Neely, a Patrick Kane, an Eric Lindros. And if you're hurt in a car crash or need a personal injury attorney, just start dialing eight. Their new number is 888-888-8888. So car crash, call Salino. It pays to call the eights. 888-888-8888. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special. 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Can we just talk about Tage's shot for a second? Yeah, that's it's, stupid. It it's stupid. Next level, it, like I was. Wa- I was watching the game, and I think it was Noodles that said um, Corpusello should have had that first one. And I was thinking, you let the guy skate from goal line to top circle with one of one or maybe the best shot in the league, and toe pull a snapper posting in on your first shot of the game because first shot of the game and and he's like i, th- I think he should have had that one i'm like he went posting in on there's, an at, like any curl dragged it too yeah do you want to know something though rosie and you probably can't relate to this because you used a very long stick for your size didn't you mm-hmm. he uses such a short stick that is why he was able to pull that puck from so far because he has the reach but then he can get it so close to his foot he can release because his elbow on his top hand isn't like all jacked up by his ear. He can pull that puck across, keep his hands low and snap it by his feet. And that's how he's able to get that kind of velocity on that shot. That's the benefit to a short stick right there. Yeah. Like, and he's really good in, in his feet, like anything within his feet and around himself, he's really good at stick handling in a phone booth basically. So, um, I, I, there was no chance the goal. There's no chance for him to make that. The interesting thing is the game changed. When Corpusello went down, Forsberg went down. Sorry, yeah, it it was a weird injury too. Like the Forsberg injury, it seemed like um, Benson came in with one hand on his stick, and he and he got a pretty good one hand shot. Like he almost yeah. scored on it. And yep. I don't think the goalie was like thought he was going to get that much power off that shot yep. on the one hand. So he kicked his leg out, and Forsberg had uh, what do you have like double it's, knee? It's very simple, and that he. You were you're either looking at a groin or you're looking at a knee. It's, yeah, and he had, it's, he had there's last, no last year he had two double knee surgery, right? Somebody fell yeah. on him and he had yeah. yeah. Because it was a pretty simple play, a pretty standard play where uh Benson was cutting to the net. He gave this one arm flick of the puck, it went into the corner. You now you have Forsberg who's tracking the play where he lifts the leg and he pushes off, and immediately there was discomfort and could not move at all. So it's either it's either you know you're looking at a a groin injury or or tweaking a knee, but um, the game changed completely once he went out because you know Corpusallo comes in and I think the first shot on net was Tage's goal, um, the second goal of Tage on the power play. Like I'm thinking to myself, how in God's name did that defenseman not get in the shooting lane? Yeah, that was weird. And usually, you like 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 you know, as a defenseman, you're giving the goalie short side and you're taking the the far side the away far side. you're not you're not i don't need he wasn't taking anything away he was kind of just jumped out of the way and let him go yeah. far down 
and just it was literally missile. Like that thing went in and out of the net in 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 live uh live time was in and out of the net before the goaltender even moved. Tage's shot, his release, man, it's you, it's lethal. Did you see the next power play? So the next power play, the puck went to Tage and the defenseman just shot right out at him. So yeah. what happened was he he got the puck. He was going to pass it up, and then he kind of turned towards the net, and the D-man just kind of let him walk in and shoot. And would you let Ovi walk in and shoot from there? You know what I mean? Like, you don't let those guys shoot. Like, that's give it to the guy that doesn't want to shoot or a guy that has a lesser shot than that. You don't want him walking in scoring. Yeah. One thing I did notice, too, um, I thought they, I, I thought the Sabres were physical. Now I don't know what the what the hits were in the game, but it seemed like the players, in general, the defense core I thought were physical, um, finished checks, were strong. Um, I thought our forward uh, group. Um, I really, I really liked. Uh, you had mentioned it earlier in the show, uh, Roisy, about the the fourth line with Krubs and and. Um, and Robinson, Robinson made some nice plays. He's he's physical. He's not a fighter, okay, but he's physical and he and he and he's making plays. He's done a really net. nice job. Yeah. They got pucks in the net. They got guys going to the net. They got rebounds. They could have scored like three goals, like three. Four it's goals for twenty four twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I just saw that, and I, I know what I like to see is the shot blocks were twenty seven fourteen for the Sabers. Yeah, it's twice as much. That's... I was curious how this team was going to do, but after what you said yesterday, Craig, with the um, with Skinner going down and being the only guy really producing any offense. I mean, to go out and consistently five yeah. goals. And remember this too. Here's here's a little side note. Ottawa kicked the shit out of uh, Buffalo. Yeah, the Seth Appert second game, if you recall. So it was what five to one just after Christmas. So yep. you know, it's I was very concerned about that game last night. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this, and and man, if if uh, I don't know if you have it taped, I'm going to go back today, Edie, and I'm going to video this for you. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. I'll send it to both of you guys. There was a play in the game last night, and I'm going to tell you, man, you know when Brady Kachuk's on the ice. Not only is he a good offensive player, he is a very, very dangerous physical player. He looks to hit, to hurt all the time. He's nasty. He's constantly chirping. Um, he's scaring the shit out of the guys. Okay. There was a, there was a play during last night's game where Ryan Johnson was battling with uh, Kachuk in front of the net. And he ended up kind of, uh, you know, you, you can probably maybe look at it as maybe a slew foot type thing, but he took, um, Kachuk to the ice immediately, immediately you have red coming from Kachuk. Cause that's the type of player he is. He's old school. He immediately grabs Ryan Johnson to show him that this is not going to be acceptable. So he's grabbing him by the head, ripping him this, that, and the other. It was not even one second. Connor Clifton right there. Connor Clifton, his defense partner, is right there beside him, fighting with him, okay? And now Connor Clifton did a great job getting in there, deflating it, you know, grabbing Kachuk. So what does Kachuk do? He starts to verbally uh, go after these guys. 
Well, in comes Jordan Greenway, a little slower than what I would have liked, but Jordan Greenway realized that Chuck was verbally, you know, going at his, his teammates and Jordan Greenway, you'll see him skate around the pile towards Kachuk. That there is team hockey. That there is team toughness. There is no fight that happened. But the boys were there together. And, we're, and Jordan Greenway is a big man. And these are the types of things. He has no idea these little things that he does. And I would, I'm going to show you this video. I'm going to show you. Okay, well, I look for what I look he does, to it. and that means a world. <laughs> Send to it Ryan to everybody Johnson. else. Send it to everybody else, because you know what? One time's not enough. Sorry, J- Jordan, if you're listening, it's not enough. Um, uh, one time's not enough. Baby steps, man. Someone I mean, he our show and physical. Greenway, Greenway must have listened to the show yesterday, and you know what? I hope he did. I hope he did because I'm listen. This guy could be a legitimate difference maker every single night, just because. If you Absolutely. just inst- if you just instill a little bit of fear into anybody, but when everybody knows that you're just like man, somewhat disinterested, man, yeah. you become so irrelevant. It's you know, yeah, Randy like Kachuk is a very smart hockey player. He knows what he can get away with with certain guys. I'm going to tell you this: if he's playing against the Philadelphia Flyers and he's sitting there chirping and ripping at the the face, the cage of of, of a Philadelphia Flyer, and then all of a Brady sudden turns his head, Jordan Greenway in any way, shape, or form. I think Honestly. Brady Kachuk understands that he is in a battle with Jordan Greenway. Damn yeah, right Brady he is. Could- yeah, well, I don't think he's afraid of him. I think he just picks and chooses his times. But I, I think Brady I, Kachuk's afraid of anybody in this Anybody. League. But I'll tell anybody. you this. There's certain guys that can fight Brady Kachuk and do damage, and Jordan Greenway is a guy that can fight Brady Kachuk and do damage. Well, he has the size. He had the potentials there. I don't know the that potentials there's any, there, and, any and, evidence and I'm gonna tell you past this. history Kachuk showing will understand that. Kind of, I get it. Fair enough. Listen, it was a good win. It was a good win. I'm not. I. I don't want to sit here and go negative. I, I'm. I, I'm happy that Jordan great Greenway used his size in in that uh, aspect last night in a in a team benefit in a in a way to benefit the team. That's he wasn't, needs to do that. It wasn't every just Jordan night. Greenway too. I know that. Do you remember Stage when? Uh, do you remember when Rasmus Dahlin absolutely crushed one of their guys, Greg, from behind? It was a penalty. It's a two minute penalty. He crushed him from behind. Who's on the ice? Kachuk. It didn't take Kachuk less than a second to get after uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Normally, he would go and smack around and punch and rip uh, Dahlin's helmet off and and do what he do what he can do. Cage Thompson is in there immediately. Who's a big man and separates Dahlin from Kachuk, and that is big. That is big for the psyche of Rasmus Dahlin to play the right way, to be confident that he's got a backing if he if he's going to get himself in trouble. And that's the way they all need to feel. I loved how Tage Thompson got in there to say, hey, no, 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 you're not touching our guy. There was no fight. There's no fight. But it deflated uh, an embarrassing moment, which the Sabres have had a lot of embarrassing moment because they don't stick up for each other. And there were signs last night after a great win that are bigger than just 
Cage Thompson's goals and a W, they looked like they were physical, they played the right way, and they played for each other. And that's important moving forward. Well said. Well, you know what? It, it doesn't stop there. They still they have four more games on this homestand here, and they're still a ways out of a playoff spot. Next game is who? San Jose Sharks. Can you take them lightly? Not after last night. Didn't they win Not last night? Not after last night. They win last night? Yeah, they Road won last night. Yep, they beat oh, the they Canadians. Beat. Oh, you know what? That's the thing, man. You just got to take care of business on teams like, what's that, their 10th win of the season? It's not San take... Jose. It's Vancouver, 4 o'clock on Saturday. I was wondering what you were talking about. Okay, I, San Jose's win. Here's what I know. Anytime we say anything, we need to fact check each other and ourselves. <laughs> San Jose is the next especially, game on especially Monday. Especially lately. There's been a few facts that we've met. <laughs> what? Why is the game at 1 p.m. on Monday? Is it a day off there in the States? Martin Luther King Day. So one o'clock game on Monday. Now you know what? Like the NHL, we like we don't do they don't do afternoon games as much as when I played in Europe. We had a ton of afternoon games. Football, man, I I loved them. Football, loved college football games. on Saturdays, yeah. NFL football on Sundays. How can you possibly compete? You with can't that? compete with that. Yeah, it's just it, you know because if you notice teams like Buffalo goes to I believe a lot of afternoon games or at least they have historically after Bills season. But I love those afternoon games. No morning skate. Oh, oh sleep. Get them over yes. with. You're out of there. You have a one o'clock game. Oh. You have a nice big breakfast. You know, you, you can change I, your your routine up a little bit. Yeah, but you know what was though? You know what was was weird was going into the pregame meal on an afternoon game on the road, and there was still chicken and rice because <laughs> yeah, it's still the steak. It's like nine thirty in the morning, and you have everything out there that you'd have. But then again, then you have the pancakes and the waffles and the cereals because you don't know what guys are going to want. The omelet station. You talk about the pregame skate. I'm wondering if teams are starting to go away from the pregame skate. They believe a lot in recovery around here. That's that's kind of, and I'm not yeah. saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I'm just saying I believe. Well, we were playing 10 years, 12 years ago, okay? And you could see the evolution of the uh, analytics towards your training, right? And I would imagine in the 12 years that I've been ret- retired, um, I would think that the analytics on how the recovery and everything has gone to a completely different level. So my thought is we practiced, whether we played uh, back-to-back nights or three games in four nights, we practiced every single um, morning skate. Yeah, Some skates were 45 minutes, some skates were 20. But we always skate. And I wonder, I always thought to myself, what the hell are we doing skating in in the morning? Like it's it really it's, makes it makes no sense, does it? Well, like, do you you're, think you're, you're gonna be fresher if you don't skate and you just go to the rink? Well, you, you know why ride the, the bike for five, ten brought, minutes. You know what the morning why the morning skate was brought into effect, right? People wouldn't go drinking. It was well, it would, no, not that they wouldn't. It's so that back in like the seventies and eighties they could sweat out the booze. Sweat out, yeah. <laughs> but it was some some coach i forget which coach it was that went down to like russia or he was in europe or russia i'm pretty sure it was russia and he saw them do it and he, and then he brought it back here to north america is what happened because they saw it and they were like well that's 
pretty smart. It'll maybe keep guys from going out or sweat it out, like you said, and then brought it back here. And that was still like, yeah, what, 50 years ago. Like yeah, We're still taking yeah, the old CCCP. I, a nice bike ride in a stretch is more than enough, you know, just, to, get, even, to get just going. Yeah, but listen, there, listen, some guys need to go on the ice. Guys like me, I get it. You know, if I'm going to play, you know, between three and seven minutes, I can go on the ice for a skate. But some guys could, should just go on the ice for just a shoot around. Track suits, you know, sweatpants, sweatshirt, you know, go out and fire some pucks around. I mean, it's putting it's putting on your gear twice in one day. That sucks. 160 times of, of skating a year just on games, on game days. And then you add the practices. It's not even a year. This is in eight months. And then you add, you know, 200 practices. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's You're starting uh, to sound like Craig. Oh, you big ticket guys. Craig was just complaining before you came on about how he, he'd come outside after a game, you know, getting his paycheck, you know, making multi million dollars and he has to come out and, defrost his car before he goes home well, how many how many guys do you see get hurt in pregame skate it's happened guy takes a puck off the ankle or goalie hurts himself how many times have you heard in the before the game starts well somebody got hurt in pregame today and he's not in the lineup like you're, you're, you're risking team injury as well i guess i guess my thought maybe was a little bit different um number one i i i Throughout my NHL career, I played upwards of 20 minutes a game. Some some years I played uh, 23 minutes a game. Other years um, I played 17, 18 minutes a game. But through the course of my career, I probably averaged around 20 minutes a game. The way I played, it took a lot out of me. Maybe more than what I would say would take out of you, Roisy. Because I don't think that we played the same style. So for me, if I'm playing a back-to-back game and I'm traveling and I'm going to another city, I think my 20 minutes were harder than yours. That's just, that's to be quite honest. And when I when I had to do a morning skate the next day and my body was beat to shit, I think that it wears on you over a long course of time. And it's not just physically. It is physically, but it's also mentally. And that's why I think morning skate should be optional. It really should be optional depending on who you are. Like, for an example, like, like I don't ever want to hear in today's game, because I knew it happened in our game where you would have a rookie, okay? And rookies had to do everything because you're a rookie. Well, what if your rookie's playing 22, 23 minutes a night? What mm-hmm. if your rookie is playing as one of your top players, one of your top defensemen or a guy that plays a, a certain style, he should be able to not. Do you take an option when you were younger, Roisy? I, I did. I took one. Um, we were playing in Atlanta and I scored the, we had uh, Drury and Briere go down in the same game. And I went from like 10 minutes to 22 minutes or 24 minutes. And then we played the next night in, uh, uh, we were in Florida, we were in Tampa. And so the, there was a skate, like you said, Rivs, like you, you play back-to-back games and you go from 10 minutes to 24 minutes. And all of a sudden you got to go to a pregame skate and play another, they were both hurt again that night. So I knew I was going to play like over 20 and, and I was like, kind of like sore and beat up. And then I was like, Hey, it was often. So I took the option and all the guys were all over me because I scored the the game winner 
And they're like, holy, oh, this guy scores a game winner over time. He doesn't have to skate anymore, like all this stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, no, man, like I'm saving it. Like, why would I waste energy right now when I know it's going to be a big game for us tonight? Like, I, I want to conserve it, right? But, you know, that was the stigma on not uh, not skating pregame skate as a rookie. You're going to get razzed by all the guys. So we're the, but here's the thing, though. Was anyone like did the coaches say anything to you about it? Because that's kind of a big move for a rookie after the first time, you know, doubles up his minutes in a game to just all of a sudden go and No, they they were they, they were they were like, Hey, listen, just just come come ready to play. Yeah, ready they, to I play. mean they knew they needed because we lost two centermen. And I don't know if uh it was I don't know if Timmy was was uh was still in the lineup at that point in time or like because we were I think we were depleted, so they were probably like Kid, that was three four. We're gonna, yeah, it was my first Timmy, year. Timmy yeah. didn't even play that year. Oh, okay, so it, yeah, it must have been. They were probably like, "Hey, kid, get your rest because we're gonna friggin' <laughs> we're gonna play forty minutes tomorrow." So, and you know how road trips are, right? Like, um, you don't have like uh, call up ability sometimes, especially back to back games. You think the guy might play, so then you everyone's playing. You might play one guy short sometimes um yeah so that was the that was the trip that was the trip to florida where i won't name my teammate at the time but i uh we went out and uh came back to the hotel pretty late <laughs> no it wasn't you Riv. that was another time every time we went to fly couldn't wait to get to florida <laughs> was the best trips huh like oh the best so i i'm in florida and i we we went back to the hotel after the game to change and i went out and i had a white golf shirt on and a pair of jeans and i went after the bar to get calzones <laughs> and i'm driving back in the in the cab and the fucking tomato sauce and the calzones <laughs> trips all the way down my shirt it's so right. It's just drenched in tomato sauce. So, so instead of walking into the hotel with my shirt covered in calzone sauce, I just decided to take my shirt off in the cab and throw it out the window. <laughs> so, Come on, still walking. And then the guy next to me goes, "What? What are you gonna say <laughs> if you walk in and you see people from the team?" And I was like, "Oh fuck." I'm like, I'll just tell him I was was down at the beach. <laughs> Getting some sun at freaking three in the morning. Uh, anyway, nobody was there in the lobby. Trip from the cab to through the lobby up to your hotel. It's the scariest two minutes of your life. Oh, man. Because you got a 50-50 chance of having Lindy sitting in the back corner, having what a if, nightcap. What if I open the elevator? And there's just somebody, anybody, <laughs> just with no shirt on. This <laughs> fucking oh, huge man. guy standing there with no shirt on. That story, you know, the story I heard guys would do, which is fun, funny. They would be like, "Hey, listen, if you're gonna get in late, you might as well get in really late and grab a paper that morning and a coffee and walk through the lobby. And if anybody says anything, you're just like, oh, just you know, grabbing a coffee in the paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just." I was just kind of grabbing breakfast. I got a question before we go, Roisy. Petey and I talked about this, you know, just a little bit in our show the other day. There's going to be a point in time um, where they're going to have to make a decision on Casey Middlestad, whether to sign him to a long-term contract or, or 
um, maybe look to move him and acquire an asset that might be a little bit different than his style of play. Um, what would you do if you were the Sabres? Would you, would you look to want to re-sign him or would you look to move on from him and, and, uh, make, uh, make a trade? That's a tough one. He's having a really good year. Um, Very good. He's playing really well. Yeah, he's playing really well for them. And um, he's still, was he 24? So he's still kind of young. 25. 25, 25 years old. So, yeah. So he's still like, he's in his prime. So yes. he's going to be looking for the the contract that's going to set him up for life, right? He's going to be looking for something like around seven, eight years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what kind of, what kind of number do you think he's, he's put himself out last year? He had uh, 59 points. He had a really, really good year. Um, this year he's leading the team. Yeah. Like we were talking about a while ago on, on, on previous podcasts as well, I didn't think Nylander would be able to sign in Toronto. And he, they may somehow made room for him. So I don't know where they're going to find that room. Not yet, not and, yet they haven't. Not yet they haven't. Okay. They haven't made room, but they're going to have to figure it out. But yeah, exactly. I didn't think they would even have to, I didn't even think they would even be able to sign him. Yeah. So now you're, you're looking at Case Millstat and there's got to be room on that team for him to, to sign. Correct. Like there's got to be tons of. Well, cap you, space. you do have room when your two top centermans and Dylan cousins and Tage Thompson are making just a tiny bit North of seven, seven uh, centerman centerman. What did I say? Centerman. I would be, I would be thinking he's going to be asking for around that. He's got to be asking for around seven. Eight Is he, million. do you think he deserves that? So somebody's just let me, get, let me put this in, give it to him. Let me put this in perspective. So you have Casey Middlestat that basically 25 point season, a 22 point season in 41 games. He had a 19 point season in 40 games. So you're looking at a point, a point every, every two game, games. Yeah. Uh, last year he had 59 points. This year he's on pace for, you know, 70 points. Now, Tage Thompson, when he signed his deal, came off a 68 point season and he scored 37, 38 goals, PD. Uh, and he signed that extension seven year deal. I think it was for 7.14 million a year. There's like $51 million. Um, Dylan Cousins last year signed. He's a few years younger than Casey Middlestat. Last year, he scored 31 goals and had 68 points. Um, Casey Middlestat, where does he fit in? Because you're not paying him more than Tage Thompson or Dylan. No, you Cousins. can't. I would think about six, seven million. I would think around that. Like, well, what is it? Is it six, six, six or, or seven? seven Derek, that's a big difference, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, but uh, you you can't pay them more. You can't pay him more than Tage. You can't pay him more than Cousins. Can't pay him remotely close than those two guys. Yeah, so well, you, you would... I think you can. That's the whole point. I think Tage Thompson. Technically, right now, if you were to look at um, what he has done in this league, last year he had 94 points and he scored 47 goals, and that's not a $7 million player. That's a $12 million player. And, no, you know, not Kevin Adams, Kev, that's it, it's not Casey's fault at, at all. Yeah. But it's also Kevin Adams made a genius move and and got a great contract out of Tage Thompson. And for for a number of years, yeah. the, the salary cap's going up. It's going to go up 10 million in the next 
three years, and that's going to benefit the Sabres big time when you have guys like Dylan Cousins under the contracts that they're at. So can you afford to sign a Casey Middlestat? If you got him at $6.5 million, I mean, for a guy who's putting up 60, 70 points. But the question is, can you afford him, though? I think because you can. It's it. Do you want to pay that flair that much? That's what the question is. And I, I think, and, I think he's going to find comparable somewhere else. Like he's going to be, you know, everyone's going to go throughout the league and be and find a six and a half million dollar player and say, hey, I got more points than that guy. Yeah. And there, the other t- the Sabers are going to go, well, look at this guy. He's making four million dollars. He had eighty points, right? There, you're always yeah, going to try yeah. to find like the, the both. Well, uh, here's the other thing we didn't discuss, though, Riff. You discussed, you said he's definitely going to sign a long-term deal. Well, he has another year of RFA. He has another year of RFA. He could go to arbitration. He could go to arbitration, and he could be awarded a two-year deal or a one-year deal, and then he could just play that year out if it's a one-year deal and become an unrestricted free agent. I mean, if he gets 65 points this year, and he has the season he had last year, and he has Mm -hmm. 65 points this year in a team that has... What what is that worth? What is a 60 and a 65 point? Five and a half from arbitration. Then why wouldn't you take that? If you're Kevin Adams, say, perfect, one-year yeah, deal think, at five and a half. I'll take that all day yeah, long. Yeah, and I, I think the Sabres have the option to take him to two years, too. Yes, yes, they do. So the Sabres are a bit of a, in a bit of a driver's seat here with Casey, to be honest with you. That was a detail that we left out yesterday in our discussion with him. And they're going to take him to two. If they go to arbitration, they're taking him to two years, for sure. It all comes down to what the so arbitration So if you're going to take him to two, you're losing him after two for nothing. No, he can sign. No, he, he can, can resign. You can yeah, resign him. You can resign him after the first year. Or are you are you insinuating that that's going to leave a bad taste in there? I think it's going to be a bad oh, taste. Fuck. Enough it's of be this. a bad taste. Okay. Well, that's too bad. If that's a bad taste, then let's not even waste two it's years. It's not like you don't let's know just what trade you have. Him for Nazem, either... Let's trade him for Nazem Kadri. Someone suggested um, that too in, in, yeah. a, in a tweet to us. And uh, your tone indicates that you're not necessarily a fan of that move. But I'll tell you what. Nazem Kadri is exactly what this team needs. Not, I would take Nazem Kadri right now in a heartbeat. I think he's exactly the type of centerman that the Sabres need. I think even actually more than what Casey brings to this I team. I think he needs a but change of scenery too. It, it's not about that. It's about he's 33 years old and he's got five more years after this year. I don't want to be paying a 36, 37, 38-year-old guy $7 million a year. He, his best years, Kadri right now. Kadri would be loved by this fan base. Oh, my God, he would be loved. How many more years, how many more high-end $7 million years does Kadri have? I, I, also do, I also don't mind you bring in a Stanley Cup winning player that plays the right way and he's an older guy overpaying for that. That's value right there. I, I think it's value. You're going to bring another young kid in at 21, 22 years old that has no experience that's going to turn the puck over and not play the you right could, way. You, and maybe, have to teach you could him. maybe get, because of the age been doing that for 10, they've been doing that for 10 years. You could maybe get Calgary to take, you know, a couple million or a million and a half of the contract. They would never do that in a million years. Okay. Never mind. Then I take that back instantly. I regret saying that. Um, but I will say this, um, you, you know, when I, I, I love Kadri, I love him. I would absolutely take this. I think he's exactly what this team needs. He's got a little bit of angry to him. He's got a little bit of um, rat to him. He is is definitely going to be more physical than most of the players that are on this team. 
he plays the right way. He's been yeah. on high-end teams that have won a Stanley Cup. He's played on teams that have struggled. Um, he would be an awesome player to bring to this oh. hockey team. But $7 million is a lot for me for a 33-year-old player right now. But then there's five more years you got to pay this guy. 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. I don't think you're getting the worth out of him in in you know two years from now. Yeah, you don't think if if Kadri stood up and said something in the locker room, guys were gonna pick up their fucking boots and 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 go play a little bit harder. Probably as opposed yep. to Casey Middlestat saying, "Hey guys, well, let let's me, go, let's get it going yeah. here." Let me you ask know, you, you this. think it's like a little more respect on on a guy like uh, Nazem Kadri or somebody of that caliber that's 100%. won a Stanley Cup? But how about this, Royce? Um, I would rather pay a little bit more for Boone Jenner. I will take that guy on my team a hundred times out of a hundred over Nazem Kadri because yeah, the problem is he's, he's not going to get that guy. They're not going to trade you. him. Thank you. You don't think nobody trade nobody trades unicorns away? He's not a unicorn. Well, I'm he's just not saying, a unicorn. Like, he's a captain. Let me tell you he's something. making three million no, no, no. bucks as a captain. What he is on on that team currently right now because they're not very good. He's the first line center. Like like Boone Jenner's. He's got a no trade clause, modified no trade clause. He's he would not waive that to come to Buffalo. Nazem Kadri might want out of Cal- Calgary so badly that he would consider coming. He's from Toronto, is he? What not? about there's another guy I looked up because I was just going over hypotheticals on 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 some of these guys. And what about Adam Henrique from Anaheim? He's on the last year of his deal. He makes five point eight five. Okay, oh, he's going to be at the end of that Ontario. year. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. I was just I'm correcting myself. Kadri's from London, not Toronto. He played in Toronto. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So just trying to figure out what what you because you have your two top line centers. Like, you know, your your two top line centers are 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 Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. And you got guys from the minors coming up that had an unbelievable world juniors that are captain of team check and you know one of the best players on team sweet. You know what I mean? You got young friggin' guys coming up too. So well, you gotta bring I don't know some if you want to go. You, I don't, that's the thing. I don't know if you, you can't want, have we, all friggin' 20 year olds on your team. We're already the youngest team in the league. That's what I'm saying. That's and you're gonna bring my whole two point. more young, yeah. I think you're going to have to pay Casey Middlestat. I think you're going to have to pay him pretty close to 7 million bucks a year. If you want to keep him here over the next, you know, seven, eight years, I think he's, I think he's having a season. Um, I think he's going to put himself in a six and a half, $7 million uh, payday all day long. The question is, do you want to pay him that much money? Because you still have to pay JJ Paterka. You still have to pay Jack Quinn. You're going to have to pay other players following these contracts. You just paid $11 million to Darlene and 8.35 to. But also to, like, you got to think about this, like whatever Carter Gauthier did, what if guys like Coolidge and, and those guys in the minors are like, Hey man, I'm lighting up the minors. I don't get called up ever because there's 42 guys in front of me. I'm getting the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. When's that, when's that point when you sign Casey Millstad, all of a sudden guys are like, well, where, where, the, where do I fit in? I'm in the minors here. Where do I fit in? Trade me. You know what I mean? You might end up seeing some more of this stuff yeah, that's but, uh, going let me, on. Let me ask you Because you're like, man, I'm freaking leading the, leading the league in scoring or something like that, or leading the team in scoring, don't even get a game in the NHL. Yari, like, Kul- Yari Kulich is in the minors, and he's shredding it. Okay, he's playing Now we know very, how you felt well. it, Royce. Yeah. <laughs> so Yari Kulich is shredding it in the minors, okay? He's trying to figure out right now, where the hell is my spot on this team? 
Am I supposed to play over Zach Benson? Am I going to play over Jack Quinn? Am I going to play over Dylan Cousins? Am I going to play over J.J. Paterka? Where is my spot on this team? And Thompson, quite frankly, there Thompson. isn't one. Well, guess Middle what? Set. What do you, There's no what do you spot. think? Yeah. What do you think Savoy's thinking? Where am yeah, I supposed I to play? Even, I didn't even put him in the mix. Yeah, Savoy. Another guy. You know, there's there's a tremendous amount of guys, but how about this? I'm going to go in a different direction. This team has lost every freaking year for a gazillion years. We we don't want to go back to the Rasmus Dahlin, or, or sorry, Rasmus Ristolainen era, which had Sam Reinhart come in, then Jack Eichel come in, and that was your era, right? That didn't work out, so they moved those guys away. Now, all of a sudden, you have a new era. You have the Casey Middlestat. You have the Tage Thompson. You have the Dylan Cousins. You have the Rasmus Dahlins. Now, Rasmus Dahlins been in the league for how many years now? Six? Dylan Sounds Cousins like that, been yeah. in the league for four years? At what point in time did these guys just get so fucking fed up with losing that they do the same thing as that Jack Eichel did? Because right now, right now, I'll go back to it again, Petey. In the summertime, I said, go get a goddamn goaltender. Is anybody on the planet right now, in the, on the planet, would anybody tell me that we do not want he- uh, Connor Hellbuck anymore? Remember we brought that in the, up in the summer, Petey? Yeah. Well, who's first in the league right now? Winnipeg. Know. Why? Because Connor Hellbuck is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. People were calling us that shit crazy because I said, I think you should trade Devin Levi, a guy who's never played a fucking game in the NHL. And we don't know how good he's going to be. We just hear the, the media hype on him. We were talking about saying, Hey, let's give, uh, let's give, let's trade for Connor Hellebuck and let's give him Devin Levi. And people were calling us crazy. Well, let me tell you something. Would you want Connor Hellebuck at eight and a half million dollars now on our team? Would we be sitting here? Oh, yeah. I like it. Good for you. That Good don't know you. their head from well, their friggin' ass. I'm going to pile on. I'm going to pile on. Hey, do we need any physicality in this fucking team? <laughs> We've been <laughs> talking about that for, gonna, for a gonna, decade. Let me, hold on. Let me go again. Let me go again. Let me go again. <laughs> we need a number four defensive team. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let me go again. Let me go again. Let me go again. Should we have the youngest here, team? Let's bring back the entire same forward. Let me go again. I want to go again. I want to go again. Let's let's add an 18-year-old to this team. Go again. I want to go again. We need some real fourth line role players. You're you talking just... about Isaac Rosen, Savoy, yeah, Rose, Rosen, Savoy that are Kulich. all looking at this team going where I don't I don't have any idea where I fit in. Well, they you don't think at frustrated. some point this summer they're gonna be like, all right, well, talk to my agent and be like, hey, listen, I'm not going to another training camp and working my ass off to to what? Go play in the minors again? You know, like well, listen, I mean, how, how about the guys after another losing season that they don't make the playoffs, that they're in the same environment of losing. And they get the chance again to, to do it again. Because they have a whole bunch of accountable players in the room, yet there's no accountability. That's the, fr- that's the frustration probably coming from the younger guys is like, oh, these guys get a chance to do it again, to not make the playoffs, to finish in the bottom you five again. talking about the younger guys. No, but I'm saying if I'm, a young, if I'm a young guy and I'm pissed off because I'm like, bring me up. Maybe I can friggin' make a difference. These guys are obviously not making a difference. 
why not bring me up? Why why am I in the minors when these guys haven't made the playoffs in friggin' 12 years? Why because am I in the minors? Because they're still the youngest team in the league for the second year. So but, do you think they're going to bring up Yari Coolidge? You think he's the answer? I'm not he, saying he's he the answer, but I'm does. saying he, probably, he, he, he for sure thinks he does. He I, I would hope the he answer. Does. He just thinks he could be, he wants to be part of the solution. Do you want to know why he's not called up? Yeah, I do. Because they're working with him. Because I'm going to tell you this. He is literally Victor Olsen 2.0. He plays the exact same. He's a power play specialist on the far side on the one-timer. His one-timer is world-class. Could be on a first power play in any NHL team right now. No problem. But guess what? The game's not played on the power play. The game's played in the offensive zone. It's played in the neutral zone and it's played in the defensive zone. And the problem right now is this young guy does not care about the neutral zone or the defensive zone. So they're sitting there going, great, go keep scoring your goals. But until you learn and care about the other side of the puck, we're not bringing you up here. Well, then trade them for a better piece. Like because, you have, you because have so he's many... damn good, Roy. Have... Sooner or later, you have to make these trades, man. You have to trade all, one of these prospects. I said this the other day in our Seneca side notes. You can't you have hang too many, on. To you have these too guys. many of the same guys. They have no room. They have no room. These that's a full. You got a full line down in the minors that can play in the NHL. A full mine. A full line. So where where are they going to play next year? Like not one of them is going to play. They have a full. What are you going to do with them? Keep them down. A full in the line minors? that can't play in the NHL. Isaac Rosen. You don't think next year none of those guys can play in the NHL? No, because they're going to be playing on the bottom line. lines, and they're not bottom line players unless you put those guys in the top in a in a position to succeed offensively. That's where you not make a big. To. That's where you make a big trade. We did make a big trade. What are you talking about? We got rid of. Uh, Solar Quist or whatever in the minors. Oh, yeah. Sun, sun, uh, Cedar Quist. For Cedar Quist. Future considerations. Future considerations. What the hell does that mean? That you're going to buy me a beer when I'm in Montreal? At the draft. What does that mean? Buy me a beer at the draft, Kevin. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I want the prime rib and a glass of wine. How about that? Okay, I'll give you Cedar Quist. Hey, yeah. I guarantee you some shit's going to hit the fan next year when guys are fucking when guys are trying to get called up and not getting called up. I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. You keep talking about the younger players and how disgruntled they are. Yeah, it's going to have to wake up and understand that there's players on this team that have been here for multiple years that have lost for multiple years that are getting disgruntled. Yeah, and they're going to be making phone calls. And they're going to be like, fucking not doing this anymore. That's what you need to look at. Not these young guys in the minors. I don't give a shit about a guy who's 20, 20 years old. You think I care about, uh, you know. No, but I'm saying you got to make a decision about the team. You got to make a decision about the team right now. What direction you're heading. Are you heading in going back to bringing young guys up in the minors or are you heading in a direction where we think we can make a push for the Stanley cup? Let's go get some older guys and solidify our team. You got to make a decision. When do you plan on doing that? Roisy now I'm saying you got to make doing that in the, in the summertime. I would say do it in the summertime or do it at the deadline. Kevin Adams can't do it now. He's put himself where every single GM is going to be licking their chops 
to have sure. a discussion with Kevin Adams because Kevin oh, Adams they have like 14 guys they can pick pick yeah and when when GMs have pressure to make moves they make bad moves Kevin Adams is not going to do that he's not going to do that he's going to he these all these moves we're talking about is you know letting contracts expire and reevaluating what you're going to bring in and what your team's going to look like and what major trades of a first round ninth overall pick or 16th over. We, we didn't even talk about Oslin who had an unbelievable, an unbelievable world juniors for, for Sweden. Mm-hmm. We haven't even talked about him. He's another guy. Five foot 10, trying to make some 75 pounds. You, try, you, you put these guys on the market now and you're like, Hey, do you want one of these young prospects? You have a boatload of veteran players or you have a bunch of guys that are coming up for contract. I, I just don't get it. At the deadline, you can make a, a splash for next year. Um, try to build on the final uh, parts of the season, um, or wait till the summertime. And but the, the summertime's tough. There's not there's not any big moves made in the summertime. I feel like that's where all the moves are made, Rosie. What are you talking about? No, but like the deadline, people make these like big like moves yeah. where they bring in these big players and make these like they they trade. Uh, so they're like, oh, we got a we got a chance for the Stanley Cup this year. What do you think Winnipeg's going to do? Or teams like that, they're going to go and try to load up at the deadline and gas younger talent or draft picks to try to push their team to win a Stanley Cup. That's what they do. Nobody you know, trades like young guys in the summertime. No, yeah, the problem with Buffalo right now is they have so much talent. They have so much young talent that they're literally going to be putting twelve players that are all the same on the ice together. And then they have so much there. Yeah. Throw a puck out there and then uh, see how you guys do. Don't create a team. Don't create a, some sort of uh, identity. Just throw a bunch of good players on the ice and and figure it out. That's it. I'll just chuck this out there just to add some insult to injury, but not that it matters. He wouldn't have been doing this here, but Sam Reinhart on pace for 60, 60, 30 goals in 41 games. And uh, Craig, you seem, I mean, he gets 55 goals this year. He will sign for who? Sam Sam Reinhardt. Sorry. Hey, yeah. they're on a nine game heater right now. He'll too. sign he'll sign for nine point two five for eight years will be the contract. Book it. Florida's won nine in a row. Listen, if he if he tests the market and he goes to the market, he'll get eleven. Did you see his backhand shelf goal last night where he pulled it from beside the net and roofed it over the goalie? In LA against LA, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, he's literally—he's probably one of the most underappreciated players in the National Hockey League. What was he's he? Dra- what, was his, what was his draft? He was top six. He was, six he was a two thousand twenty second overall. He was a two thousand fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Reinhardt, Drysital. Can't remember who went fourth. Maybe uh, yeah. Everything stopped at Drysital. Who went fourth? I'm gonna guess it was was it the kid from Calgary? Went fourth overall. Uh, uh, Bennett. 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 So it was Bennett went fourth. That's what it was. Yeah, and three of those guys are on uh, Florida right now. I mean, Reinhardt was in the 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 time where Buffalo was struggling, right? He was playing here where they were like really bad. Yeah, they lost the lottery that year. I think they. I think I feel like they finished dead last that year. I think I'm not exactly sure, but I know that uh, Florida ended up with um, Ekblad that draft at number one. Bennett went fourth. Matthew Dalcole went sixth. Vertanen went seventh. 
you remember we were talking about um, the the point totals for the Sabres? Yeah. And you had mentioned to me uh, the year of San Reinhardt and um, Eichel. Uh, Eichel. Do you remember how much how many points they have? Because we were talking about our Sabres. That yeah, are we on talked pace about it for the other like seventy six points this year. Yeah, fifty four points was it? Fifty two points. Sam 52. Reinhardt's draft year. Yeah. Then the next year they had fifty four points and picked Eichel. Yeah. Then they had eighty one points, seventy eight points, sixty two points. 76 points year uh, 1920 is 68 points 37 is that right oh was that the lockout that was the, that yeah that could have been the lockout yeah that was the lockout year okay 75 points in 2021 22 so they 91 points last year so they basically broke 80 once in and they got 81 and they the broke decade. that Within yeah, ten years. Nice stat. They're gonna. I think they're gonna make the playoffs this year. They're gonna do something miraculous. Feel it. Tage Thompson's on fire. Dylan Cousins, unbelievable game. They're gonna go with Ukapekalukin in. Number one goaltender. I, I think they should. I think they should. That'll do it for after the whistle. Presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time.